Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA's national headquarters. It's an exciting time to be a design builder as our industry continues to see incredible market growth fueled by project success. Our teams are becoming more and more collaborative and embracing technology to superpower their communication and efficiency. But using virtual design and construction effectively requires so much more than just implementing a shiny new tech tool. DBIA's new director of VDC, Brian Skripak, joins Alex Belkoffer from McCarthy to talk about ways to deliver VDC done right. Thanks to USCAD for partnering with us in 2022 to bring you this year's episodes of Design Build Delivers. Thank you, Brian and Alex, for joining us. We've got a lot to talk about in VDC. We could probably spend an hour, right, or two. Um, but let's let's start at the at the kind of ten thousand foot level first. We know design build and in VDC and BIM; those are just natural. They 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 just love each other, right? They're partners. It makes sense that that we should be talking about this to the design build community. So much so that Brian. We have brought you into the DBIA fold because there is some serious work to be done, right? Yep. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so again, I'm Brian Skripak, the, the new Director of Virtual Design and Construction at the Design Build Institute of America. Uh, it, it, it's an exciting opportunity because just like you said, um, this, this design build delivery model really fosters teamwork, collaboration, um, taking advantage of best practices, design build done right. and. You know, when we talk about BIM and VDC, it's it's really predicated on, uh, we always like talk about it in, in multiple terms, right? It's about people, process, and technology. And I don't think those, those three ideas are all that different from the way we talk about design build done right. And, you know, everybody has a way to deliver projects. And you can do design build different ways, but taking advantage of the best practices that DBIA provides is where we're really able to excel the project delivery model for the owner. And BIM and VDC really have an opportunity to flourish in that project delivery model, where you don't have that same opportunity in other siloed delivery models like a traditional design bid build model. It's that tech side, human side, that I think is so interesting. It's not just the tool, it's the people that are gonna use the, use the tools. Right. Well, and to that point, you know, we, we talk about um, LOD being the language, right? People process technology. It all has to be woven together. And we say that VDC is at the is at the corner is the cornerstone for that. But it's still the language, though. How are we going to do these things together and leveraging our past experiences and really moving the needle forward um, in a design build delivery model still requires a little bit of moving slow at the beginning to get people aligned with that language and understanding how we're going to do it together. And then we can move fast. Um, I think this, the whole conversation of slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Like for design build and, and VDC, you need to take your time at the beginning to make sure those things are clear so that they really grab hold. It becomes cultural then. The people side of this and, and using technology to drive project delivery it takes a little bit of time to, to kind of really get everyone truly bought in before you can really start to deliver it. And I think that would be an easy shortcut to think you can just skip that part because that's hard work. Well, technology is easy. People are hard. So anybody can buy a tool, right? You can go buy any wide range of softwares that you want, but how do you make that part of the way you do business? And how do you use that to collaborate with others? 
and to deliver those ideal scenarios for our clients. So that's the hard part, right? You can buy that box of software, put it in, go get trained on it, but how do you make it better, right? That's where people and design build teams can really come together and collaborate and, and work more effectively. Yeah, well, I think another big piece of it too is not just using these tools in a silo, right? We're trying to be connected. And when you're getting people to buy into something new they've never done before, um, it takes a little bit of time to get people comfortable, right? It might not be your firm standard doing it this way, but maybe it'll become your new standard. Maybe it'll be something you really like. Just takes a little bit of time and, you know, kind of stepping a little bit lightly. But you got to step in with both feet, though, right? There's a little bit of risk with, you know, kind of putting one toe in the water. Um, this conversation is so collaborative and it's so critical for how the project really unfolds as you move from design in, into construction and then actually executing the work at the field level. Um, but it does require the full team to be all in. You can't just pick a technology and half the team is using it. You lose the value. You lose the buy-in. So you really do need to be all in. I would think early collaboration then is key then too. It has, that should be happening early, right? Yeah, yeah and that, that's critical. You have to have all those key participants at the outset of the project to define common goals, right? One, you have to have the owner there. What's the owner looking for at the end of the day? What's important to them? And how are these tools able to, to, to deliver that value. You know, oftentimes we say, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? There's all these tools that you could use and it's cool and bells and whistles, but where is that actually bringing value to the project? And that's where you need to make an alignment between what your project team is doing. You might be great at 10 things, but really only four of them apply directly to bringing value to the project. And different project types have different needs, so you got to make those alignments so you can move forward. One thing just kind of following up with that in terms of the owner side of it, you know, I've heard teams in the past say, well, the owner doesn't have a BIM standard or they're, they're not super interested in what our deliverables are going to be. And I kind of challenge back sometimes and I say, well, have we really asked them that question? Do we ask all their stakeholders if that was or was not important to them? Why would we not invite them to the kickoff meeting? Why would we not involve them in our, our collaboration planning and our processes? What if the owner has never been through a model-based fly-through meeting where we're actually looking at their future building in 3D? Um, what if we're not factoring in the, you know, truly the end user's needs in our process? And could we help make these people's lives easier if we just took the time to get that feedback from those stakeholders at the beginning? So you have to, you've got to move slow at the beginning in some respects. Um, obviously, there's many things that have to be done on a project, you know, coming out of the gate for a design build. But this one is kind of the intentional pause you have to make. And that's where, you know, design build fits so well. It's a whole team approach and you have the whole team there at the outset. And uh, a design build team is key in, in being able to educate the owner. So just like we talk, you know, keep, say, keep saying it, you know, design build done right, sharing the best practices. We have, we have an opportunity now to develop those best practices. And those design build teams are going to be in a unique position to take those best practices and bring them to the owners to win more work and really, um, you know, be able to drive those, those better outcomes for the projects. Because it does sound like, too, I mean, it's... A, it's you, as a team, you're coming together to bring all your different pieces of expertise. And for those who just don't know what they don't know, going back to, are you sure the owner really isn't interested in this? You, you have a role to play in educating them. Oh, yeah. Just sure. like we have to educate on design build best practices. Yep. Well, I think we even need to educate each other with our, our lessons learned and, and, and really stories. I, I call it storytelling. Um, talk about the things that have gone well or that have not gone well on previous projects and unpack that as a group. I think that when we all start to really understand like our, our digital practice standards as, as firms 
and, and have a good comfort level that we're going to use models like this and we're going to coordinate like this and we're going to drive these workflows, then people's heads start to nod and you kind of get in a groove and you're like, well, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, we do that too. And that really starts to build a good base and trust, right? And you don't get to a point where, you know, you, you start reliving um, past nightmares um, and then you have to hit the pause button, right? We want to try to prevent having to hit the pause button from a workflow and the ideology and alignment standpoint, you know, months downstream. You know, you really got to unpack that stuff at the beginning. And I always think when, when we're at conferences and, and we're presenting and, and, and learning, I think it's such a unique environment that people are so willing to share that they want to make this next evolution of technology in the built environment successful. People share all the time. There's not a, there's not really a secret sauce, right? It's uh, you know everybody has little thing nuances that they do that are unique. Certainly, you know McCarthy has that, but McCarthy's willing to share. You know the you know every firm that's uh, that's out there wants to talk and and provide that opportunity to get those lessons learned so we can all we can all do better on the next project and i think that's a interesting interesting takeaway the industry is now that, that that knowledge sharing and best practice sharing is is acceptable and it's good are you looking to break away from legacy techniques and seize new competitive differentiators U.S. CAD helps forward-thinking AEC firms, many ranking on ENR top lists, generate new revenue streams by shifting to Autodesk AEC technology. To learn more, book a free 30-minute consultation at uscad.com/dbia. That's uscad.com/dbia. What do you say to those who might just be feeling like this just feels like way too big a lift? I just, I don't know, you know, that because you talked about take your time. On the other hand, I would see also just, just being hesitant. It, this is, if this isn't your thing, how do you, how do you get them engaged in that first it's worth it and here's why? Sure. Well, Brian and I talk about, you know, the role of a VDC leader on a integrated design build project. And what's key about that is you have an individual or a team of folks um, that have enough experience on the design and construction side, and sometimes the owner side, to be able to weave that conversation of people, process, and technology together. So if you're a firm that is just starting out and you're making investments in you know, BIM technology, VDC staff, um, you know, look for the people that understand both sides of the coin, right? Left brain thinkers, right brain thinkers, you know, people have amazing experiences in our industry and I do feel like you know, kind of the role of the VDC leader is meant to weave those things together. They're kind of meant to be a facilitator. They don't need to have all the answers because there's many, many folks on a project on the org chart that have to kind of, you know, be their subject matter of expertise. But that VDC leader is meant to kind of be the weaver of a lot of those things and, and bring people closer together and align this idea of a technology-based approach to project delivery, which traditionally has always been, you know, very operational but I was still challenged that we're all operations. I actually had a really good conversation the other day with someone about that. You know, traditional operations, that definition's changing in our industry. It really is. We're all operations at the end of the day. That's what I believe. So, you know, getting to the point where we're able to identify what those value propositions are, but also starting to look at some key performance metrics beyond that and get tangible about that. So we can say that we provide, you know, oh, we know that we're having a positive impact on the schedule. Well, what was that positive impact? How do you quantify that? That's always hard, but that's a metric of success. And you can put a number on it. You don't have to sell an owner on the value of it. So you can say, you know, we found 
you know, what's a low hanging fruit? We identified so many clashes. We know that a RFI takes X hours to produce and at this bill rate, you know, so many clashes, you know, avoided this many RFIs, you know, what's the, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, what's the cost of not having insurance, right? You don't know until you have a problem, but you know, once you identify that you don't have all those problems, those add up and there's a value to it. So how do you package a number there? You know, we, we look at on the estimating side, it's easy to say, well, you know, we came in under budget, but how did you do that? You, you found and identified certain criteria, whether it was, you know, program related or constructability or materials, you're able to identify something and you start looking at best value for the project. There's an opportunity to put a number to that that shows what the value is in a tangible way. So I think the evolution of what we do is get beyond the, the anecdotal it provides it provides cost savings and time savings and start looking at, at, at dollar amounts for that because those are going to be unique to to the design build mission and they're not going to be available in the same way in other delivery models which aren't as effective. Yeah, I, uh, totally resonates with me. I'm going to probably take it to the extreme. Uh, the athlete in me says, "What is the cost of goals not scored?" And sometimes you just don't know, right? It's intangible. You know you're you're saving money. You know you're stopping the shots that would normally go in the net. Um, and so let's move past that. Let's get into how does what we do affect project controls, right? Is our quality plan factoring in a model-based approach? Is our prefabrication strategy factoring in a model-based approach? Like we have to get to the point now where this just bleeds into all the different aspects of project delivery, and it's not an ad service, or it's not, you know, it's not a, a fraction of a point um, in the in the cost of work, um, this is just the way we do business. Our trade partners got there many years ago. Like we got to play catch up, right? So design teams, um, construction teams, owner teams, uh, and our trade partners all got to come together and agree. This is the way we're going to operate. We're going to do business this way, and it's going to drive value in so many ways that sometimes it's not going to be quantifiable. But we're not getting goals scored on us, and we're we're all profitable, and it's driving amazing success at the at the project delivery rate, the schedule, the quality, and really this is just the way we're gonna choose to operate moving forward. I just had a scary flashback to being in projects 15 years ago. Well, what's the upcharge for doing it in BIM? And like wanting to, you know, 15 years ago, pull, pull my head, like, this, is how we, this is how we do business. This is the new normal, it's not a, it's not a charge. We have to do this to be better. We have right. to be more efficient at it. There's I, not a cost to it. I want people to show up at the onset of a project and say that it would cost more going back and doing it the old way. Oh, sure. I, I have some trade partners now saying, well, if you don't have the interior framer in the, in the 3D coordination process, uh, there's an upcharge for that. Like That to me is music to my That's ears. Great. Let's get the right people in the process and it's no longer MEP coordination, right? It's building systems coordination or it's project coordination. It's, it's having all players involved. I would think too, having, having a VDC leader provides some level of accountability too, right? Because ultimately, if everybody's got different perspectives about the way this is gonna go, then you're in trouble. And I think it's important because <clears throat> that knowledge base is unique, right? Um, you know, the design team manager and the different roles that we have, they might not have the, the specific knowledge. We're talking about like T-shaped people, right? And I think that that's so true and just the way Alex described it. You know, you have a VDC leader who's knowledgeable in a very, you know, horizontal way in which they have a depth of knowledge about many different things. And BIM VDC is, the, is their depth of that knowledge that they can apply to scheduling, design, estimating, sequencing, 
um, detailing, constructability, what an owner wants. And I think that's the beauty of that role. Uh, and it needs to be paired up with the other um, team members on a project. And you were talking to earlier, backing up just a bit, we were talking about terminology and specifically about LOD and the way it helps define what BIM is. I find too that even there's just confusion about how to talk about the digital technology of construction. I mean, everything, there's so many different tools out there. BIM is one, but there are other tools too. And I think even I, I have a hard time knowing how to communicate about all of these digital processes. Yeah, word, words are a challenge. Uh, you know, and then the, you know, the description of, you know, saying, you know, this mantra of BIM plus LOD equals, you know, VDC, and that's, that's the outcome. Um, you know, different tools have different things. Another level of that becomes this idea of BIM use cases that we talk about. So the idea of creating a building information model is a, is a foundational and uh, starting element of a project has so many different ways that it can be used in different technologies, whether it's simulation or estimating or coordination, whatever it is. And that becomes that next level of conversation. So we have a model, how are we going to use it? Well, here's a, here's a, uh, a menu <laughs> of the different options of what we can do. You know, how do these impact the design team? How do these impact uh, the construction phase? Um, how could these transition into owner operations? So again, part of that planning, part of that VDC leader coming in to be able to set the stage for this you know, wide range of opportunities that we have to say, these are the ones that are valuable to the project. These use cases are what we're gonna be able to use to break down that, that overwhelming nature of what's out there. And speaking to the word value, right? I, I try to put it in, in two perspectives. There's kind of, what is our standard of care that we should be delivering with a model-based approach as a team uh, towards? And then where, what is our risk assessment? I feel like, you know, oftentimes some people may rush ahead to like the menu of services and I'm not a big uh, believer in the word services with what we do. I think it's an, it truly is an integrated component of how we deliver the project. So standard of care plus risk assessment to me then leads to very specific BIM use cases that, that can expand that list of, of opportunities. Uh, but it's hard to just look at that list and kind of go down the menu and pick them. You really need to marry up this. You know, what, is, what do we believe is our standard operating procedure with key risk assessments for this specific project type which may be higher or lower than, than other ones. Big picture, what's the, what's the absolute key components if you are hoping to be a successful BIM VDC user? What, what must you do? Well, I would say what you must do absolutely is the project kickoff conversation. If you blow past that kickoff conversation and you're missing the right people in the room at the right time, um, you may go and do things as a team that may or may not drive the right amount of value and may or may not actually be what somebody truly wants at the end of the day. Um, no doubt we have a lot of talented people um, in what we do, um, but it's not just about using models, right? A lot of it has to do with data as well. It has to do um, with blocking and tackling at the field level. And so I think you got to have those alignment conversations and you may need to have more than one. Um, it's easy to kind of check the box and have a kickoff meeting and then, you know, divide and conquer. And then maybe you never revisit some things and they don't get done. Or maybe there was a BIM execution plan put together, but it didn't capture the full project life cycle. It only captured pieces of it. Um, so I think that well-defined, um, well-organized kickoff conversation, really the partnering side of what we do um, is paramount. I just don't think that you can do a lot of things downstream without that.
sort of that it's uh, you know I think to kind of put part of that into a single word is being able to communicate across all those project participants. But I think one of the things that Alex was was touching on there too is accountability at the end of the day, right? You set the plan and you you know you work to the plan, right? That's always got to be your goal. So you have to have those clear defined expectations. And you're constantly having a checks and balance again. Did we did this? Because if we did this, we know we're going to be in position for success. So we got to keep making sure that we're working towards those. We're communicating, holding our team members accountable, just like we should expect them to be holding us accountable. We're part of a team. It's not one individual person. So we need to get our work in place so somebody else can coordinate against it and use it in the way that they need to. Sounds like there is a lot of potential there where we talk about uh, BIM, BDC, and design build that, like I said, I think we could go for hours. Oh, we absolutely can. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you, if you get the bright, two of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you know us well enough, you get us in the same room, I mean, we'll be here three hours from now. There we go. Well, yeah. thank you guys for giving us a little bit of time. We get a little look at what we could have had if we had two hours. That's right. That's right. DBIA is committed to helping design build teams maximize VDC on your projects. Check out our website at dbia.org slash VDC for our VDC courses, recordings, best practices, and the latest news. We'll also have VDC sessions at our April Water, Wastewater, and Transportation Aviation conferences in Orlando, or join us virtually if that's better for you. Early bird registration rates end this week, so sign up on our website soon. USCAD is also passionate about BDC, and we offer them a special thanks for their support of Design Build Delivers. Find out more at uscad.com slash DBIA.